greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume. The stuff you're insatiable for, the stuff you find truly bingeable. It is so good to be back behind the mic and in your ears this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening. Maybe in the middle of the night. I don't know. Maybe you're putting me on to lull you back to sleep. And you know what? That would be completely fitting in a sense because tonight, today, this morning, this evening, whatever time you're listening to this again, uh, it's just me and you and your ears. So we're going to talk about a few things, what's going on in my life. I got to do some really cool things recently. I got to go to a taping of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I know I was a background extra. We're going to see me next season. I know, no big deal. You can get my autographs later. Um, And then I'm also going to be talking about my obsession lately with this new genre of true crime scripted drama completely loving it you know i'm like obsessed you know the thing about pam we crashed the staircase that new thing that's going on on hbo right now all of that we're also going to get into the fact that i have been binging svu yes law and order svu with olivia benson and elliot stabler i have started from season one you guys i know it is at a haul too because it started in 1999 it is actually like 23 seasons deep and i'm on like season eight so Let's start talking about it. Let's go into things. Okay, so you guys, I'm so sorry that I haven't been with you, but you know what? Let's just be completely frank and honest. So I get a lot of crazy anxiety and, you know, a little bit of depression here and there. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of sprinkle, a sprinkle of depression. Um, And that, I think, sometimes just leads me to having these, like, really crippling moments where I'm just like, I can't record. I can't get on that mic. I cannot do this, especially if it's like by myself. And then it even is, gives me even more anxiety to like call somebody over. And I know I've talked about this in the past, but this is just what it is. And so I think maybe it's because I'm like a one man operation. And I think if I had somebody that was accountable, you know, that I was accountable to, maybe it would be a little bit different, but I can like totally like turn things off. And so that's what it is. So yeah that's what's going on. So I haven't been with you guys. I was actually listening this morning to uh, Adderall and Compliments with Annabelle DeSisto. Um, I'm like, okay. So she actually, uh, I think she was having the same kind of an issue that I was. uh, And she just wasn't recording because she was just dealing with all this stuff. And there's just like a lot of pressure, I think that goes into like this whole podcasting thing. And I think a lot of it is pressure that we put on ourselves, but at the same time, it's like the pressure of like, you want to put good content out. You at least want to have it. If it's not going to be good, you want it to at least be honest and authentic and represent who you are, you know? So I think maybe that's kind of like some of like the issue that I was having, but she really, really put it nicely this morning when she was like talking. And I know that she was feeling like really like manic, at least that's how, you know, like how I feel And so I just kind of like took that and I actually reached out to her. I got into her DMs and was like, I completely understand what you're talking about. And then she like sent me the most sweet messages back. And so, um, you know, it's just, you never know what people are going through. And I think I completely like, uh, I try to put out this image that like, it's like, I got it together. I got, you know, the party thing that's going on. The events are good. I got the dogs, I got the partner, you got this and that. And then you just kind of like that imposter syndrome. It's that thing of, I got a million and four things to do. And so 
I feel like a little bit of pressure. So I do appreciate you guys for sticking with me. Uh, sorry to be all touchy-feely and a little bit weird at the beginning of this, but I just wanted to be completely transparent, completely honest, and so I do apologize for not being around. But yet again, this is a free podcast. I'm not telling you guys to go to my Patreon or do any of that stuff because I'm not charging you guys anything for it. So I do appreciate you guys just coming on, listening, and uh, doing your workout, getting your dishes done, driving to work, falling asleep, whatever you're doing. So who knows, I may fall asleep while I'm recording this. So I am by myself today, and to take on this completely comfortable, um, I don't know if you want to imagine this. Okay, some of you guys might want to really imagine me right now, because I am laying in bed. <laughs> I was like going to record and sit in the living room or sit inside the dining room and all that. And I was like, you know what? I can't do all this. I got to move. So you guys may hear some rustling uh, here in the sheets. It is just me. And I actually have the two pups here on top of the bed. So uh, they're both kind of starting to relax and we're winding down. And so I just wanted to kind of get behind the mic and talk to you guys for a little bit and let you guys know what I've been watching and what I've been doing. So, I know I alluded it to the beginning here. Um, you know how I love my reality television. We don't get into a lot of reality, reality television here. I think because a lot of other people are always, like, completely reviewing it. And then, plus, I just kind of wasn't into the Housewives these, this past season. Like, Orange County was just ugh, terrible. And so, I'm waiting for, like, Beverly Hills is coming back. And then we're going to also get the Salt Lake City. And so, speaking of the Salt Lake City, I got to go to a taping Okay, you guys? So I got to be a background extra. Um, I don't know how much I can say, and I don't even remember, because the thing is they put that NDA in front of you so quickly. Um, and you're just kind of like, okay, whatever, and you, like, sign it and that. And then, like, half the things that they tell you not to do, like, you're completely doing it in front of them, like, taking pictures, taking video. They're like, you know, put it down, put it down. You know, they're trying to, like, make sure that you're not seen taking video on the camera. But they, if the camera is pointing the other direction and you're behind it, they are completely like, whatever. So um, we got to go and see how Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, who are currently, or they're just about done shooting their like recent season. And the girls came to San Diego, apparently, for their final cast trip. Yep, we're in COVID times again, so it looks like nobody's really doing much of the international flying. So they all came down here. And um, I'm not sure which hotel they stayed in. I kind of know, but... Anyways, we're not going to go all the way there. Um, but so Nelson, friend of the pod, uh, Mike Munson, who's a, D, who, a DJ, and he's also uh, works over on the, he's on the staff over there at Moe's Universe here in San Diego. He invited, uh, along with Gunther Vanderpump, you know, Mr. Gunther, who's also on the show sometimes, who's uh, number one on fifth, and also TikToker and all that kind of thing. Okay. Anyways, so the boys, the gays, they were like, you guys, uh, Real Housewives are shooting. Do you guys want to come and be background extras? And it was like, yes. So I made a point of doing this. So this is like probably the only time I've been out of the house in clean clothes, dressed up, like not wearing elastic in the longest time. Okay. So like everything has, a, has an elastic waistband right now. Um, like I said that I was going to be leaning into the whole Tony Soprano thing and wearing all like the jumpsuits. And I've completely started that. Like I bought like my first two, I'm going to send one of them back, the Spalding one. It's a little bit of like a rough texture fabric and I'm a delicate flower. So I just really, you know, no, it's not for me. I'm going to have to send that one back. But anyways, but the other one is cute. Um, except for it's like a completely like an off brand jump, like a tracksuit, not a jumpsuit, a tracksuit. And it's 
you know, very Tony Soprano. It's all black. And the thing is, is instead of saying like Adidas or like any kind of like specific thing, it just says sports, sports. So like, what am I? I'm sports, not any, what kind of sport? Just sports in general. So it's cute. It was cheap. I'm wearing it. Um, but anyways, so Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I just went into a whole tangent about my my tracksuit. Um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they came in town. They ended up, uh, they were supposed to be shooting at a couple of uh, different restaurants. And then they ended up just, like always, showing up way late. So we got there. I want to say they told us originally be there at like 7. And they were like, the girls aren't going to be there until like 9 o'clock. So we're probably not. So we didn't even go till like 9. We got our seat. We got our table. They had us uh, in the front end of the restaurant. Like they have like a patio in the very back. And that's like a glass window that looking out into the patio. So we were sitting on the one side of the glass window. And all the girls were sitting on this big long table. Or at least they were going to be sitting there. So we went in, ordered drinks, kind of just did our own like little thing. And then the girls come. They were really late. But it was still freaking cool. So... Girls show up. Um, they were all dressed kind of like Marilyn, I believe. Uh, even though the color story with some of their hair was not like completely in check. Um, I will say this. Jen Shaw is a fucking star, you guys. Yes, she's in dealing with all those legal troubles. Did she do it? It looks like she did because everybody around her is like pleading guilty. But whatever, that's the story for another time, another place. But let's just the story at hand right now is that she's actually a really fucking cool girl. She came over, said hello to everybody. Nelson practically motorboated her. She looked great, but Jen Shaw, she's like a star completely get it. Um, Lisa Barlow, beautiful in real life. So is Meredith. Whitney's gorgeous. So you can kind of see like the dynamics will look like they're changing this season. So we'll see exactly what's going on there. But like Whitney had to like excuse herself from the table to like come back. Um, and, like, she's like, you guys have to hype me up. Be, like, my friends. Because, like, I guess she wasn't getting along with the people that were in there. But so she went, you know, they would do, like, bathroom breaks. But the thing that's funny is that I don't know if you guys have seen that TV show, Unreal. Remember, it was on Lifetime. Um, and it was, like, the it was like a parody of The Bachelor, but it was written in, by the producers of The Bachelor. So it was like that. Um, whereas when these girls would come out from like being on camera and just kind of like walk off so they were no longer seen, you would see these producers in quotes, produce the shit out of them. You guys, like they would just be like, Oh, I don't know. I think you should maybe go back in there and you should tell her what you're feeling, you know? And they would just like push her back in. So it's really much like when you're watching these fights happen. And I've heard this before, like on like Vanderpump rules shoots and things like that is that like, yeah, people, two people may be fighting, but they make them save it for the camera. And then when they're actually in front of the camera, if they like have to keep on going and it's like, you guys are going to shoot this for a little while. So like this fight should last like a good hour. So you guys need to get it all out, hash it all out, whatever you guys need to do, do it in front of the cameras. And then what they'll do is they'll like pull the two people away from the pull, pull them away from each other. Uh, the two reality stars who are in a kerfuffle. Don't you guys love that word? Mm, SATs. Anyways. um, So like it would be very much like they would pull them apart, like kind of like, dog fighting you know like pull the dogs apart rile them up a little bit more you know give them sweet nothings tell them what they want to hear and then push them back out there to like go fight with each other again and like 
do it for the camera do it for mommy um but it was like that kind of a situation so i don't know what else i can talk about here and i don't want to get in trouble because i know that a bunch of people are gonna be listening this week um thank you but um so that's where we're gonna leave it we will talk about it more as the episode comes out i will post pictures and all that but i just don't want to get into myself into too much trouble here so anyways if there's a big like hum and we're gonna be coming back from the commercial right now then um just because I was told to cut that out. So anyways, but I'm not planning on cutting anything out. It's just you and me. I'm in my sheets. Ooh, I'm in the sheets. Okay, you guys, um, do you guys sleep naked? I can't. I just can't. I can't do it. Um, like the whole like naked sleeping, I think is like a young man's game or it's like a thing for people who like don't sweat and have like little balls because like I just, you're flopping around everywhere and I, you know, it's just not a cute thing. So just sleeping naked, it like, it seems like a good idea, but like halfway through the night, I'm like, can I have a t-shirt and shorts please? So I'm totally into these like little shorts with like the little paw on them that I got from like Amazon. They're a total rip off of like the wolf shorts. Um, but they're like 12 bucks. So like, sorry. Um, Unless Wolf wants to sponsor us, and then Wolf, I would totally wear your clothes. <laughs> I love them. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's kind of get into some of the stuff I've been watching. Like I said, the true crime stuff has just been like a complete passion, and I'm loving all the scripted stuff, and it's just ooh, ooh, so good. So um, what did we talk about last time? The thing about Pam. So I know that it's been a little bit, little while. And so some of you guys probably have not watched it yet. It's the Renee Zellweger show. And, um, it's, it was so good. You guys, it was such a great like retelling. And then there was also like this new update that I was talking about last time, um, about like the thing, the real thing about Pam. And so like, she's in trouble and everything. So we've told the story before, go back to the last episode. So you can hear kind of like what happened with the whole Pam thing that, you know, her best friend died. And now it's kind of alluded to that. She's the one who killed her and everything else. And so, um, a lot of evidence came out because she ended up killing another person. Uh, and she went, she took an Alfred plea, which basically means that like, there's enough evidence up against you that there's, you're, you know, that you're going to be found guilty, even if you don't feel like you did, but you take that, you take the punishment and you never actually plead, uh, you never contest the crime. And so you never actually get charged with a crime, but you do get some kind of trouble. You do have to serve some kind of time do some kind of restitution, that sort of thing. Google it. You know what I mean? I'm not a law student. I'm a freaking entertainer. Um, but so anyway, so the thing about Pam with Renee Zellweger, go ahead and watch that. It's on Hulu, all the parts of it. Listen to the podcast that accompanies it. Uh, it's really, really good. There's actually a little one part in, interview in there with Renee Zellweger and you kind of find out like, oh, she's the one who brought this project to NBC and was like, I want to do this with you guys because, you know, this is an amazing story, et cetera, et cetera. And it is. Because it's like one of those stories that just keeps on going and the things keep on coming out. And it's like, so when she lived in Florida way before the whole story that the Dateline took on, there was another woman who had a mysterious death. And then her mother had a mysterious death. And then she ended up picking somebody up and killing that person. So it's a crazy documentary and has lots of twists and turns and everything. And so one of the things I wanted to mention, though, is that with a lot of like these crime stories, um, like here on the pod, I'm going to talk about things like really, really insatiably and like just kind of be gross about it. But I don't want to be like disrespectful to the fact that like 
and there's something in the back of my head that's always telling me like, oh, this is a whole like this is such a good like drama. But at the same time, you're kind of thinking like there were victims and people really got hurt and so people actually died and some of these things. So that's one of those things that I think you kind of have to like separate that from you know, reality from the uh from the drama of it all when you're watching. And so that being said, um crazy story. Let's just kind of flipping from there into another story that's kind of like in the same kind of vein of like somebody who is in trouble for a crime and then they do research and they find out that person has done something very similar or they've been in a situation where it looks like they've been around the same kind of issue. And so from there, let's talk about the new HBO scripted crime, true crime drama, The Staircase. Yes, the staircase. So a lot of you guys know about that. If you guys are a true crime aficionados, it's been all over like podcasts and things. And then Netflix did that like really fucking long documentary. It's like 13 episodes. I couldn't get through it all. I'm just like, I kind of gave up and just read the whole story. And so I know exactly what happens. Um, and it's just, but I just didn't love the Netflix doc- documentary. And I know a lot of you guys really loved it, but it's just like 13 parts for a true story. It's just like at some point you guys have to do some editing here. Um, unless you're really going to give me like some, some juice, but this new, um, drama on HBO, the staircase is stalling, starring Colin Firth, Tony Collette, Sophie Turner's in it, Parker Posey. It's got a stacked cast, really well acted. I would say that my main issue before I get into like, oh my God, I'm so nitpicking like the bad stuff before I tell you guys the good stuff. But the main issue that I have with it is the pacing is just a little bit off is that it like it really could use some like uh, it feels like the showrunner some days had his nitro and the other days he did not have this cold brew like it just kind of felt it feels like you know oh he was just a little bit sleepy today so he just let them do what they wanted to do but um it's great so like the whole story about this and they do a lot of this uh flash storytelling where they go you know future past that kind of thing and so the story all happened in like i believe it was like 2000 2001 i think that's when he was arrested but uh family kind of like the brady bunch kind of a blended family older kids um and uh mom and dad he uh their home they have what is supposed to be a really nice night where they watch Jennifer Love Hewitt movie, American Sweethearts, and then they, I think it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. Anyways, um, like that's really the point. But him and his wife, they do that. They have dinner. She, He goes out to the pool, uh, and she's inside, and she's found at the bottom of the staircase just completely covered in blood, welts on her body, like injuries and that sort of a thing. And he calls... 911 they come in the very first episode so well, spoiler alert non-spoiler whatever um in the very first episode you're seeing like the son comes home as like the police are all there and you're just seeing them just erase all this evidence as they're there and so it just seems so like it's just you're just so unsettled because if you're like a person who watches like all those true crime, if you watch SVU and if you watch law and order, and if you've been like one of those kind of people that, you know, like when you call the police and everything, like keep the crime scene as it is, don't disturb the body or anything. And like, there's this point where, you know, he starts crying and he runs over to his wife and none of the police or anybody stop him. And he like holds her body and rubs his face all over her. And like, and it's just kind of like, 
OMG, like his his DNA is all over everything. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking the whole entire time. But so um, the storyline, uh, I don't know how much I want to give away to you guys because I always feel bad if I spoil something. So I'm not going to spoil what exactly happens in it and if he's guilty and whatnot. But um, it is worth a watch. There's only three episodes out right now. Do I think I'm going to watch it week to week? No, because it's not like I'm telling you guys, it doesn't have that pace. It doesn't like it hasn't picked up and maybe episode four will. So maybe I'm going to give it one more episode, but I probably will watch the whole entire series, but I won't appointment view this. So I'll probably like talk about it again in like a month, but um, I think it's worth it. It's worth the watch. So go for it. Uh, going into another thing that we had recently talked about was the we crashed um, that is now done. It was on Apple TV, Apple Plus. Uh, that's the one with Jared Leto, who I can't stand, and Anne Hathaway, who in this, I hate her and kind of love her in this role, and I don't know how to feel, you know? And again, it's like this whole thing of like whenever these girls are doing, these girls, um, <laughs> and girls, I mean guys and girls, but whenever anybody's doing like these like true crime things, it's like they really put on those accents thick. And like in this, you know, she's just got that whole holistic vibe. And so we're going to grow from love it's very much like that grow from love uh, isn't that from somebody saying it i hear it here no there's nobody here but i'm just doing that so you're in the car you guys are probably all yelling right now first wives club yes grow from love okay anyways um <laughs> Uh, but so Anne Hathaway, she's got like this, this like a little bit, you know, like this deep voice that you would like want to do yoga with, but nothing else. Like she's one of those kind of people who I think that, you know, like if you saw her outside of the yoga studio, you'd be like, no, no, it don't work. It doesn't work. Your name isn't rain. Your dress is not made out of wheat. Like, please go away now. Um, but the we crashed. Uh, great. If you guys know the whole story behind Adam Newman and Rebecca Newman, who you know were the original CEOs of it, the thing that just keeps on resonating in my head each time I watch these shows is that like these people land on their feet. It's like this whole sociopath versus psychopath kind of a thing, and the sociopaths always land on their feet. Like Anna Delvey, she got money still. She sold her story. She stayed in the country. She wasn't deported. I mean, like, she's doing just fine. And then we have, like, Adam Newman again. This guy is worth $2 billion now, or even more than that. But it's, like, ridiculous amount of money, and he had nothing before, scammed all these people, was really has running one of, like, the best like schemes ever the fact that he was buying property and leasing it to his company not having to negotiate with himself for the price very trumpian um but like it's just it's that kind of a thing and so speaking of trumpian the, the adam newman is like friends with jared kushner kushner like gross so it's just one of those things that kind of made me mad at the end it was just like okay when you do more research on these people and you're like oh gross um but like and then also he is the villain of the story so um, the whole re-crashed, rework, and everything. And I don't understand how, like, this movie comes out and now, now that it's even more public of, like, all the we work craziness and the cult-like atmosphere that was going on, on with them. And it's just a little bit crazy that they still exist. Like, I drive downtown here in San Diego and you can see a WeWork. And it's like, they have not changed the name, probably because they went to an IPO, but still, um, it just, I don't know. I don't see myself being like, where do you work out of? We work. Oh, really? 
you know, it's that kind of a situation. Um, but I would say that that series is worth a watch. It's fun. It does teach you a lot about like money and finances and going public with a company and all that sort of a thing and just all the things to look out for. And there's also just like a whole bunch of like all his craziness is met with, um, with consequences. I mean, that's about the best way to say it is that it is. But the thing is, it's like, I feel like all these people who make that kind of money, they're just, they're evil. There's something that's going on there. So even like the other character inside of like, we crashed this Maso, uh, this, this Asian businessman who's worth, you know, one of the richest men in the whole entire world who just can spend $184 million at the drop of a hat. Like he isn't a good guy, but he at least gives it to Adam in such a way. But then you're kind of thinking at the same time, like he's still not good. None of these people are good people. So I don't know, but I did like it. So <laughs> what does that say about me? Um, it's just one of the things. I do have a little bit of notes here, so I'm not just completely going stream of conscious, but I'm not even really reading them. So I'm just kind of going to have to jump around right now because I know we talked about Pam and we talked about we crashed. Um, hmm. You guys. I didn't even know I talked about this for a second. I am watching Law and Order SVU and I'm kind of obsessed. Like. I forgot how good it really was. And like starting from season one and just kind of the, I think one of the reasons why I like it too is it has a little bit of a soothing effect, especially for people who have anxiety because there's a solution at the end of every episode. Like we get a conclusion, we wrap it up. It doesn't always have to wrap up with a beautiful little bow, but it does wrap. There is one episode though that never gives you closure and it still, it haunts me to this day. I want to say it's like in like season like five, I think. And it's this whole, this girl's quite claiming to be raped. The guy is claiming that no, she's just a promiscuous girl and she wanted it rough. And then they go like the whole entire episode is kind of the, he said, she said, I mean, I think that's what the episode is called. He said, she said, and so, and the whole thing is like back and forth and it ends in such a way where you're just like, you're not given like a closer, you know, it's just kind of like we, the get, we, the, the jury find the defendant and then it just goes boom, boom. And it like ends. And it's the only episode so far. And I'm in the middle of season eight. I'm not right at the end of season eight that goes there. One of the things too, that I didn't, I'm loving as like, I'm like watching the show now too. So law and order started in 1999 watching the fashion from the early aughts, like 2000, 2004, I mean, it is crazy. The things that you girls did to your hair in the early 2000s with putting it in a, in little twisties into clips, into a scrunchie, into a ponytail, and then putting a headband on it all. That's so much on your head, girl. Like, it's just very, like, everybody's, like, walking around like that TV, like that movie, Wishing on a Star, starring Katherine Heigl before she was on Grey's Anatomy. Remember that? Wishing on a Star? It's on Amazon Prime. I know that because I watched it recently. Actually, I kind of slept to it. I put it on my, you know, my, uh, I, I download movies that I don't, that I know that I don't, like, love, but they are, like, calm. And I sleep to them. That's the thing, too, is, like, Law and Order there is a little bit of a sleepy component to it. Cause like on order something great to put on when like you're in a hotel room because it's just like, you know, it's capsule. And so you get a start middle and a finish. But at the same time, the voices never get too crazy and you get the crime at the beginning. So you don't always get like 
crazy gunshots or anything in the middle of the episodes. And so you can kind of just lull yourself to sleep with trauma. You know, that's the great thing about SVU. But um, I would say that like the Olivia Benson, Mariska Hargitay of it all. You guys, I'm not straight. We think we've... <laughs> I just admit that I'm not straight. I'm not straight. <laughs> guys, I'm not straight. Um, <laughs> But if I were to be with a woman, it would have to be like a Mariska Hargitay type. I mean, she is perfect, you guys. She's beautiful. She's smart. She is the moment. She is strong. She can take a bitch down she can shoot a gun she can take a hit I don't, <laughs> she can take a hit what where did that come from oh my god what do i have going on deep down inside of me that i said she can take a hit what the fuck okay anyway so as we all examine ourselves inside let's keep on pushing past this but anyways so i love myself some olivia benson and chris maloney guys christopher maloney he might be just like the most like perfect man because he's not perfect but he's perfect you know what i mean like the best eiffel tower in the world eiffel tower would be um john ham and chris maloney fight me okay bitch fight me so i don't know why all these like why are all these muscle gays like going around taking all this trem and all these other kind of things i don't even know how to what they're even called all the different steroids and all that kind of thing so they have like a neck the size of like a tree trunk but like I look at those men and I'm like, I want to look like that. I want to, I want, I want that. I want it. Can I have it, please? Okay, anyways. Um, but Christopher Maloney, he plays brooding really, really well, you guys. And then he also plays like sweet, like when his heart breaks for like a little kid. You guys, we've talked about it in the past. I have a king for straight men crying. It's there's something about it. And when Christopher Maloney cries or when he's on the verge of it, Mm, it's so good you guys you guys just do it for yourselves start law and order from season one and just start watching because it's just it's great uh i'm in season eight right now so i did watch law and order in the beginning you know what i mean like when it first came out like it came out my senior year of high school and so i did watch it for the a couple years and then i kind of fell away when i was in college and then you know you kind of pick it up here and there like any other drug um <laughs> but it is um it's just satisfying and so i'm gonna get to a point i think probably in like uh season 10 where i don't know what the hell is going on anymore because i just didn't watch like the later seasons and so um and then also i just didn't like when they made mariska hargitay like a victim i didn't love that because it's just why take it there Make somebody else a victim. Why did they make Christopher Maloney a victim and kidnap his ass or something like that? Like, it's just so, like, typical of the woman on the on the force. She's going to be the one who's going to be in this kind of a, a situation. So, but I'm going to, I know that's going to be coming up pretty soon, and I'll see how I deal with it now that I'm a lot older than the, when the series first came out. Um, but it's so melodramatic. SVU is so melodramatic, and there's always, like, a point in every single episode where it becomes, like, a, one of those NBC, the more you know, with, like, the shooting star like that happens like every episode like there's like the episode about gay sex and meth and it's just like gay men are using a lot more meth which when you don't use when you take meth you don't want to use condoms so you're just you know your risk for stds is even higher and yes it's called and it's called p and p party and play and like they all like go around and they like give like a little fact it's very much like here's wikipedia 
So I guess you could say that SVU is educational television. I mean, the medical examiner, I mean, she's like the one who really is like giving me all these like details that I didn't know, know I needed to know. I don't think I needed to know them, but like, she's like the ligature marks here show that the victim struggled and it's like, oh damn. And it gets even worse and worse. Like there was even an episode. Okay. Like, and she's like, well, her hands were bound behind her back and uh, it looks like the Vic, they cut off her boobs. I'm like, What? they cut off this bitch's breasts and then later on in the episode they find them in a box so i mean svu gets dark as hell and i don't know that's not i'm not like learning something new there but you know like you do learn new things though from the medical coroner when she's like okay well it looks like the victim had mucus in her panties <laughs> and they're like oh std and they're like no she was she was pregnant she's just not showing so damn like just mucus in her panties that was before the theme song played okay and then, like, it's also, like, this whole thing with, like, season, like, eight, nine is when they start to just, like, assault and torture Mariska Hargate, Miss Olivia Benson. And so it's starting to get a little bit hard to, like, have on in the background when I'm doing other things or even just, like, watch because now Olivia's screaming and it's like, come on. And so one of the things I loved about, like, Law & Order is, like, how, like, everything is just so, like quiet when they're doing all their interviews and everything and so it does lull me to sleep if i do try it but then i'm like going to sleep to trauma so i don't know if that's really like good energy to have around me but whatever you guys <sighs> you know i'm dealing with a lot here <laughs> okay you guys know what else started this week um we'll talk about svu more later but the other thing that started this week is beverly hills house wives Okay, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is back. It's back with a vengeance. We have like 10 cast members this season. I think there's eight Real Housewives, two friends of, you know, Kathy Hilton, which, okay, you guys, the rumor out on the street is that she used a derogatory term towards like gays. I don't know if she said, she said the T word, the T pejorative, if she used, you know, if she called a man a fag. I'm not really sure, but um, she must have said something when she was on that Aspen trip. And that's why she was like, putting on her Instagram that she wanted to go home and whatnot, or putting on Rick Hilton's Instagram that she wanted to go home. But, um, so she's not even the first season, first episode of the season because she hadn't signed her contract. So she was holding out for all this more money. And then they're just going to tear the shit out of this woman. But that is coming later. The first episode was really interesting, really traumatizing, very dark, uh, comparatively to like a lot of what we've had in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in the past. And so it started off with a bang. So Dorit lived through that tragedy of like her house being broken into and just, I cannot imagine. That's one of my biggest fears is that, you know, when you're feeling all comfortable and there's just like a person in like the doorway and that kind of thing. And my house is haunted enough and I don't need to have like a real people here. Okay. So I need the ghosts. If you ghost, if you guys can hear me right now. Hello, ghosts. I need you guys to just... If there's a bad person in the house, attack them. Be like the American Horror Story goes towards people who do not live in this house. But me and the dogs, be nice to us. Me and the husbands, be nice to us, okay? Okay, so that was me talking to the ghost, and I'm doing that on my podcast. But whatever. This is the more the merrier. Hi, ghost. Um, and I don't watch Ghost either, the one that shows on CBS. And I now have Paramount Plus because I've been watching a lot more of that um, Halo. This is a total side tangent, but we'll get back to Housewives in a second. But Halo... I was enjoying it at the beginning of the season, and I'm just so completely into Pablo Schreiber. I mean, like, come on. He's so freaking hot. He's been hot forever, and I did find him hot when he was porn stash back in, like, Orange is the New Black, but he plays Master Chief, and um, completely hot. We see his booty this season, 
but it is boring okay like halo is like action and guns and that sort of thing and they give it to you like in like little tiny things and then i also i just do not like the little side character and i can't remember her name right now but the asian girl um i don't like her i think her storyline is stupid and it's boring and i don't care and so it's kind of one of those things that's just kind of pulling me away from the show so i hope it like gets a little bit better but anyways okay changing back gears okay so that was for my nerdies Let's flip back gears into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills just for a moment. So, you guys, I am. I'm very excited about this season. I'm ready to see what's going to happen. It looks like Garcelle and Sutton are going to be on an island of their own. Um, You guys, Crystal is boring. Crystal is boring, boring, boring. And so let's see what she's going to bring to the table this year. I mean, so far, it's just been like her house and then her crying in a Tesla. And it's just like, okay, girl. Um, but the crying in the Tesla. So Dorit having her house broken into while her children are there, her husband is still in Europe. I cannot imagine. That's like one of my biggest fears, but this is what it is. And, um, it was a way to bang off the season. You know, Bravo was just like creaming in their pants with this woman like living through trauma. And they're like, we're shooting. Yes, we got it. It was like, and apparently it was like the first day of shooting too, because like, the robbers probably didn't think that she was going to be home because they probably were casing out the place. And all of a sudden she was back home. Things are going on. And so it's just a little bit crazy. I just wish that she had more camera footage inside that house. And I wonder if there is, but they don't want to like release it because we don't want to see the camera angles of where her cameras are in the house. That's one of the things that kind of scares me here. Even, you know, like I don't get when people like post pictures of what their cameras can see online on Facebook. Cause I just feel like you're being counterproductive to the security that you're, pro- you're providing yourself. Like we have cameras here at the house. So do not come up, do not run up on me. I can see you. I got you on candy camera. So just keep your ass at home. But anyways, um, like I would never post a picture of like what the angle is in my backyard of where the camera is angled because I do not want to give people just that little bit of a leg up to be like, okay, let me creep along this part. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, come on so it's one of those things that now that like i think even dorit now that they've shown all that that stuff about like what angles people can get they need to reposition the cameras in her house and probably add a couple extra so it's just the security of it all if you have that much money and you have that much stuff going on in the house you need to have security you know what i mean and so and we don't even got shit here in the house okay safety deposit box i don't think you've ever run up into this house okay so anyway <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Um, anyways, I don't want to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills anymore. So I'm going to be going to DragCon this weekend. And so I hope if you guys are in LA this weekend, and if you guys are in the law, so if you're listening to this on a Friday, um, I hope to see you. I hope to see you out and about on Friday. On Saturday night, I am planning on going to Joe Whitaker's party. There's a Delph at Los Globos. It happens in LA, and it's one of the first times that I'm going to be able to actually go to this party because usually that happens when Barracuda is, and Barracuda has my heart, plus they also pay me. Um, but this month, Barracuda was moved to the first weekend. So if you didn't go, it's, you've already missed it, so you have to wait till next month. But Barracuda um, this past month... Um, was the first weekend and this weekend I know that precinct has like sugar tank happening on Saturday so you're probably gonna see me around sugar around precinct um, I'll be staying down there in downtown uh, LA I'm just giving my business out there but so you guys might be seeing me around say hello come over and um, 
yeah, I don't know if I'm going to want to hug because it's just kind of a little bit weird. And we're still living in COVID times, but I would love to see you. So come over and say hello. I hope to see a lot of my babies out there. I'm going to be going through the vendor mart and people like Harvey Del Rey and all that. I'm going to, you know, and I have to go support them because it's just kind of like tradition. Um, and speaking of drag queens, you guys, I'm going to be coming around with a bunch of drag queens this summer and so the ink is dry on the contract so i can go ahead and announce this right now june 4th we're going to be in santa monica at the low santa monica i'm going to be there with willem lady bunny is hosting the show chanel's gonna be there Derek barry's gonna be there nebraska thunderfuck meatball uh stasha sanchez mimi Marks. I mean, we are stacking the show. We have a couple locals there. Lauren Banal, Paris Akomi Max. They're, that's all on June 4th, one night only in Santa Monica. Then on June 16th, we are going to be at the Westin St. Francis in San Francisco. That same cast is going to grace you guys up there. So again, Lady Bunny is hosting that. But at that one, we are going to have Willem, Chanel, Derek Berry, Nebraska Thunderfuck, Meatball, Mimi Marks, Stasha Sanchez, and we are also bringing Hecklina out for that, okay? So, like, Icon, okay? San Francisco Icon. So, that's at the Westin, that's at the Westin St. Francis there in San Francisco on June 16th. Then, we are going to be bouncing our little booties right from there over to Fairmont, Chicago Millennium Park, okay? So, we're going to be in Chicago on June 18th. That is going to be hosted by Lady Bunny as well. It's a one-night-only show. This one, we're going to have Miss Cracker. We are going to have Mayhem Miller, Meatball, Mimi Marks. We're going to have uh, Giselle Barbie Royale, okay? This girl, I mean, come through. Okay, We have Sasha and we have Giselle, okay? I'm trading off on these two girls. So we have Chanel that's going to be there as well. And then we also have Amalia Black. So we have some stacked shows coming that is, again, LA on June 4th. We're going to be in San Francisco on June 16th. And on June 18th, we are going to be in Chicago. We have another date coming uh, in August. So keep your ears open, especially if you live in Texas, because it looks like we're coming to you. And we have a private show coming soon as well. I can't talk about that. I'm just realizing. Um, and then also keep your ears peer, uh, ears open, eyes peeled for other information, because this June, I'm also going to be bringing another really great show out to the low Santa Monica. I've also been asked to do something for, um, I'm just going to say it right here. Cause I'm just going to, I'm going to put it out here on faith. But the thing is, I think this event needs promotion anyways, but, uh, finest city improv, you know, Jesse Soufans, friend of the pod, who's been here before he is bringing back in pride. It is that week before San Diego pride. So San Diego pride is happening on the 16th and 17th this year of July. So July 16th and 17th is San Diego pride that week before in pride is happening. It is an improv pride situation. It is with the diversionary theater here in San Diego and uh it looks like i'm gonna be doing something over there so keep your eyes peeled i don't know exactly what i'm gonna be doing but i do have some ideas so live shows you guys i'm gonna be traveling around so we have a lot of really really cool things coming up i'm so excited for it so um before i leave you guys out let me just see what else i have been watching i've been kind of a creature comfort kind of a thing because I think work has been so crazy and I've been so damn freaking busy that I like started watching girls again you guys I know right 
I was. Um, I did finish Minx on HBO Max. I think it is worth watching. So go ahead and get yourselves into it. Um, Gilded Age, you guys, I freaking loved it. It was just so wonderful. And so I watched the whole thing and I probably will watch it again. Hacks just came out, you guys. Hacks season two has like two episodes just dropped on HBO Max. You know, I'm going to be watching that this weekend. You know, I'm going to find time for that. That's probably what I'll be watching in the evenings. Um, Because it is, you know. I'll do my little disco nap and I'll get myself out there and everything else while I'm in LA. But, um, you guys, it's been about 45 minutes of me talking in your ears. And so I really appreciate you guys just being here this week. Uh, again, I will see you guys around. We'll see you guys in LA this weekend. I will see you guys, um, in San Francisco and Chicago and again, at Santa Monica in June and in July, we have San Diego Pride. We have some things going on. I'm kind of excited. And in Ohio, Ohio friends, I'm going to be coming out to you this August as well. Okay, so I'm going to plan some kind of an appearance while I'm out there. So my little sister, my little sis is getting married. Happy engagement, my sister, Cassandra. Cassandra Maria. Okay, we love you. And she is getting married in August. Uh, August so I'm gonna be heading back to Ohio but I'm gonna see if I can like kind of double purpose a trip and maybe plan something out there um okay enough I love you guys thank you guys so much for listening to Bald and Bingeable you guys know what to do tell your friends okay I'm not gonna tell you guys to like like and review because you guys should be doing that anyways but please tell a friend to come and like listen to this because it's just like a mod podge and especially if your friend has ADD and just wants to like veg out and not think about their problems because we're gonna talk about crazy shit here over here invite them over have them listen to the show okay i love you guys thank you guys so much and good night from the lower level good night from the lower level